0: Welcome to the Wheelhouse Podcast, where we talk about what's in my wheelhouse and maybe in yours, too. This week, I got my friend Ryan Gund, and we talked about the South Park Epic Episodes bracket. Really wanted to try something really different, again, for this podcast, and it was really awesome to get Ryan in here. Uh, Of course, we brought in Andrew, as always, right before the weekend, to go over the uh, Week 3 lines here, look back on what we learned and uh just one other quick note here hopefully we'll do a little bit more music too there's been a couple of great albums that came out last couple of days here um great what i'm calling post-rap album by uh, this group called injury reserve been really enjoying um like jake and i talked about last pod um spirit boxes eternal blue just really been been kicking ass and i've been playing it over and over and over again but a couple other albums i've been listening to swan song by the plot in you conquering employed to serve uh, those two albums are pretty great and i've been enjoying them surprisingly uh lil nas x's montero has been really good too so hopefully i'll do a couple more podcasts on music soon um definitely as we get closer to the end of the year i will probably do something uh with my top 10 albums of the year, which is something I've been doing for years, just not on a podcast, just writing it. So, well, anyway, I hope you enjoyed this episode, and uh, here's Ryan. Thanks for doing this, man. I've wanted to try something a little bit different, so I wanted to bring you in to do this South Park thing, and uh, yeah, I'm glad to do it. Hell yeah. Like, uh, I just thought like, okay, we've been texting every day about it. Why don't we actually just yeah, bring it on here?
1: We, we, we've had the back and forth on, uh, on Instagram and uh, we've had some pretty good banter about it. And yeah, you know, I'm excited to just hash it all out.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. We got to, we got to figure out how it's going to go here. And we, there's some, there's some layers we got to peel off. So for those listening, what we're talking about is on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, uh, South Park has decided to do a March Madness type bracket called uh, Epic Episodes. It's approximately 64 episodes and it's in celebration of South Park's 24th anniversary. And uh, the legendary show started this just a month, a little past a month ago. Um, So fans get to vote on who advances in the bracket and it's through those platforms. I'm not sure if I'm missing any in there, but it's primarily through social media platforms. Um now what are the who are the remaining contenders basically on this bracket because we're in the sweet 16 right now. We've had a couple votes in the past two days here or last couple days here. Uh so who are the contenders? Let's look at the tiers. So we got the just happy to be here, the sweet 16ers. Christian Hardrock, Imagination Land, Night of the Living Homeless, uh, Fish Sticks, Coon and Friends Saga, Cartman Gets an Anal Probe, Woodland Critters Tally. We got The Contenders, Scott Tennerman Must Die, awesome Good Time with Weapons, Butter's Bottom Bitch, Cas Bonita, and Black Friday Trilogy, and then The Juggernauts, Make Love Not Warcraft, and Medicinal Fried Chicken. So, I kind of want to take us through a couple things here. So predictions, I want to go over who do we see in the final four, Ryan, and then who should be in the final four. So I'm going to let you take this.
1: <clears throat> so out of everyone that's left, I my predictions are Make Love Not Warcraft versus butter, Butter's Bottom Bitch and Scott Tennerman Must Die against Medicinal Fried Chicken. And that has been my final four pick from the beginning. None of my picks have gotten
0: kicked out so far nice mine is pretty similar i got make love not warcraft i got versus good times with weapons um and i got scott tournament Um, must die versus medicinal fried chicken at butter's bottom bitch being in there instead of good time with weapons is totally fine by me um that's gonna be pretty it's going to be interesting to see who ends up in that slot. Both are pretty worthy, but yeah, that's that combination of what we have there. That's what it should be. Um, yeah. but that being said, we've definitely had some snubs. Um, I'm going to call it the Epic snubs. So episodes that are not in the sweet 16. So I'll start us off here and then you add a couple and just give me your feedback. So some, some ones that were left off the sweet 16, that probably should have made it trapped in the closet. Uh, canceled and I my top one major boobage
1: I was really surprised at uh, major boobage losing because yeah I checked the Instagram poll before they closed that night and it was up by one percent but yeah. uh, as we just learned this week they are tallying votes through Twitter Instagram Facebook and YouTube so that uh, that could explain why uh, major boobage lost out last week Mm -hmm. yeah so uh the the ones that i would like to add are the losing edge and tist i know tist is one of your favorite episodes (laughs) and the losing edge is just a classic randy episode you almost forget the kids were even in that episode
0: yeah those two are really interesting episodes because it's kind of the first one of the first times we see kind of cartman get handled and you know someone else is the pack leader for once uh to use uh Carlos's name there, um, but yeah, the losing edge is kind of the, I feel like not the first real one, but like you really see Randy really uh, step up in his role as being one of the funnier characters, but it, I was surprised the losing edge didn't make it. Um, let me reflect back on the, uh, on the list here, losing edge. Who did it lose out to Christian rock hard beat it? That one, that's kind of feels like an upset. Like, I like Christian Hardrock. Uh, that's a really funny episode, especially with Cartman and his fucking camera. He's really into photography. But I really thought the Randy thing was going to carry against, uh, you know, Make Love, not Warcraft, would have been an honorable loss there. But I, I'm surprised that Christian Hardrock even made it as far as it did. Yeah. Uh, it, made it, it, it beat Aspen, in which, okay, that's fine. But then to beat the losing edge, that feels like a big upset.
1: Yeah, I mean, the lo- the losing edge had some iconic moments in South Park history. Randy getting dragged out of the baseball game, yelling, well, I thought this was America. <laughs> you can't beat
0: that. And the bat dad, he goes oh, through his rocky the moment. Bat dad. <laughs> he goes through his <laughs> rocky, I can't do it, Sharon, I can't
1: do it. <laughs> <laughs> when he uh, when he gets up in the morning and he's uh, he's in his rocky clothes and he just puts <laughs> like a a dozen eggs in in a giant either blender or something and he blends it up and just starts making eggs when you're expecting him to chug the whole thing <laughs> hey bet
0: dad i didn't hear no bell <laughs> <That> fucking song <laughs> who does that song i don't even remember off the top of my head the uh, i'm the best
1: Oh uh, uh, yeah, That's song uh, really before my time. Everyone knows the
0: song. Don't know who it's by. The uh, the you're the best around is by Joe Esposito. It was on the Karate Kids soundtrack. <laughs> uh,
1: okay.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah,
1: that's uh, that's another another reason why uh uh that episode was so great. It had a great soundtrack. It also had yeah. a training montage. Yeah, any South Park episode with a montage is great.
0: <laughs> just like
1: Aspen.
0: Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs>
1: Stan going need a montage. montage. Montage.
0: Talking about a montage. <laughs> I just the singing in the show is so good because like you can tell they're trying to take it seriously, but it's like such bullshit that what they're, they're trying to yeah. sing. <laughs> But they really go for it, which I've always loved. That's what makes it funny. And then that song is just coincidentally funny. Um, Speaking of great soundtrack, I mean, that's a big part of why Major Boobage, I think, is great is they use that heavy metal soundtrack. And uh, I mean, the part that just gets my goat every time is when uh, Gerald gets high off the cat piss. He shows up to uh the pool with the with the hot lady or the hot daughter the king shows up he's like oh there's another suta and kenny what the <laughs> <hell?"> <laughs> and they get in a fight <laughs> the king is like hey, we must do battle with the breastuary in the <laughs> and there's that fucking song <laughs> with the heavy riff or whatever and they fight <laughs> but they're just yeah, fighting no. in this, this sand pit basically and they just have piss on their face <laughs> oh yeah and everyone's just
1: looking at him like come on guys and that episode was great because it showed the uh it showed the softer side of Cartman apparently he oh yeah cats and they were going through the kitty holocaust and he was uh he was basically and franking them he was hiding them in his uh in his attic
0: I love when Cartman's Talking I said, Kyle, why are you keeping all these cats in your attic? Kyle, you just wouldn't understand. <laughs> As a Jew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. And I I love the the background on uh, Major Bubich that it was like a real challenge for the production team just because they wanted to do this homage to heavy metal, but they got to design all this stuff for this one episode.
1: Yeah, it was a completely different art style. They can't just use the assets that they already have. So, yeah, it's probably a pretty expensive episode.
0: Yeah, I think it was incredibly expensive. And and they I think they've been working on it for a while. If I memory serves right, it's on that really great South Park um, uh, documentary. uh, Six days, I think it's what it's called. And it does a really good job of of showing like how they put this stuff together. You see them putting together the, uh, human Centipede iPad episode after they came off the, um, uh, um, the Mormons, uh, Broadway show. Um, it's a really good, it's a really good doc. It's like 45 minutes. I definitely recommend it to anybody. Yeah.
1: You said it was about, uh, the human Centipede. how they made that episode.
0: Yeah. Well, the whole documentary is just like, this is how the South park guys do it in six days. Right but oh, okay. which is cool, but it was an interesting time in the, in their career because they were just coming off of book of Mormon and they were starting a fresh season and, and um, they ended up doing the human Centipede pad episode. That was the first episode of that run. And it was kind of like a tough one just because typically what they do is they kind of do some like retreats, writing retreats between seasons, uh, but they had been working on the book of Mormon. So they were just kind of coming in, you know, not quite same like preparation or break that they usually have. So it was kind of like a tough episode, but it's a, it's a really funny one. Like that one's, I think it's aged pretty well. Yeah. Uh,
1: And, uh, speaking of, uh, quick turn times, uh, let's talk about, about last night when, uh, they didn't know who was going to win the presidential election. They, had to crank that episode out. in like, what was it a day or two?
0: It was like three days, but like they, they've talked about this a lot. Like they took a risk, but it was an educated risk. So what they've done is they look at the odds in Vegas because Vegas always have <laughs> prop bets on like, who's going to win the election and they just go with whatever Vegas thinks. Right. Cause Vegas is going to, just basically make the line based off of like their data or whatever. So they took a gamble twice and about last night was the first time they did that. Um, and it, it worked out obviously, but it was, a, it wasn't without risk. Right. Because if, you know, he lost that whole episode kind of gets, gets shredded and we'll probably yeah. talk about it. But when Trump won, uh, they had to toss the whole episode that they had made. Oh, they were so, so sure Hillary was going to win.
1: Interesting. I wonder if that uh, Hillary episode ever sees the light
0: of day. I I would I would love to see it. I wonder if it'll ever come out or I wonder if it's even fully done. But uh, I'm sure there's a version of it that exists. uh, But I mean, that Trump election messed them up for like a good season because they it kind of ruined their plans and they had to kind of pivot really quickly. So you can tell that season it's a little bit of a struggle. But then when we get to season 21, when we get into Tegrity Farms, that's when things get better. Um, But speaking of about last night, uh, that kind of brings us to something else I wanted to talk to you about, uh, which we're going to call the Chef Memorial Memorial Special. So personal favorites that didn't make the cut. So not egregious losers, but just ones you're rooting for. Uh, For me... Uh, recent episode banned in china i just just lost my shit when i saw that the first time yeah it's Mar- a gray one oh uh margaritaville is a little bit of kind of like a deep one but i just dig the you know the 2008 financial crisis stuff in there um,
1: yeah when we were living through that whole financial crisis mm. that episode hit so hard
0: oh i mean it, it, yeah it, it, i mean even the memes still persist like that and it's gone you know yeah. Uh, there's a really good, uh, YouTube video, uh, by this group called wisecrack and they do, uh, the economics of South park or like the, the philosophy of South park. And they do an episode. Um, they really focus on Margaritaville, which is, there's another reason why the episodes kind of aged better for me too. That's a really good video to check out, but, um, just the last couple of <laughs> ones, cock magic uh, I mean just the first time I saw that I just lost my mind. <laughs> Especially when um <laughs> my favorite part is when they every time they approach the restaurants they're just like uh we closed, we closed. Well we're here for the we're here for the cockfight. All right, five dollar, $5. <laughs> five dollar <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And then when it goes up to ten Tandara. Tandara. Uh, yeah. I love it when the, they get recruited to do fights. This isn't just some two-star Chinese buffet. This is a Panda express and they get down there. They got to put their fight in there or their cock in there with the, uh, the chicken. This is killing everyone. Like we're not, we're withdrawing. Get your cock in there. <laughs> <laughs> and the last one uh, I have on my list, um, Cream free. Uh this is definitely one of those randy ones where he's just out of his mind and just doing randy things. Um uh, just I love the little montage of him doing his own cooking show. <laughs> yeah. Cream free cafeteria free-ish. solo silhouette of his face rolling by on the screen. <laughs> I got Gordon Ramsay up my ass.
1: <laughs> freaking out just the fact just the fact that he was up all night every time he watched the food network and he'd just make a mess of the kitchen (laughs) (laughs) just trying to recreate whatever they made that night and just destroy the kitchen and not clean up after himself
0: but i cooked you guys clean (laughs) and he just dips out (laughs) um there's a couple last things here I want to do with you, man.
1: Um, uh, well, my, my memorial specials. Oh, yeah. Uh, Sorry. I, uh, I put down City, Part of Town,
0: Chimpokomon, yeah. Guitar
1: Quero, Man Bear Pig, and About Last Night.
0: Those are some good ones. Chimpokomon was unfortunate in that it ran up against Medicinal Fried Chicken. Uh, just. yeah spot. Um, that's a tough one.
1: Yeah. Le, like you said, that one's the juggernaut. It's been absolutely steamrolling everything that goes against.
0: Yeah. I mean, we can talk about it now, but I mean, we expect this one to go to the final four. They have a nice matchup with uh, Woodland Critters, which good for Woodland Critters. It's it's uh, gone a lot farther than I would have guessed. It's definitely not yeah. like a, watchable for me, but I mean, it had it had the right kind of like opponents. Like it went up against Cartmanland last round, which makes, I mean, I like Cartman land, but I mean, yeah, it's not like I voted for
1: Cartman land. I, yeah. uh, I would have wanted Cartman land to win. Uh, it, yeah. it has had a pretty easy bracket so far.
0: Yeah. It's, it's been fortunate, but, uh, it's, it's sweet run, uh, sweet 16 run here. It's going to end. Uh, but the other one you brought up, that uh, shitty part time, I really like as well. I'm happy that it it won around, but yeah, it did run up against Scott Tenderman with dice, so that's kind of rough. Yeah. Um, the chin Pokemon one, that's probably just that's just a bummer. It just ran up against the Juggernaut there. Um, there was some other ones too. I wanted to say, um, yeah. So Cream Freeze and cock magic ran up against Trap in the closet and black friday which uh Trapped in the closet i'm okay with i think we talked about this black the black friday episodes i'm surprised that they've done so well i they're not super rewatchable to me like they're funny don't get me yeah. wrong it's not one i'm gonna run through
1: it's really one of those things that i was good with watching one time and say same thing with imagination land uh it was yeah. funny but I've, uh, I only watched it one time when it aired the first time. And then I rewatched it when, uh, when, when I saw it doing good in this bracket, I didn't expect it to get this far and I rewatched it and it, it didn't need to be a trilogy. It could have been a two-parter. Yeah. Just, I mean, two, two episodes of Carmen trying to get Kyle to suck his balls instead of one. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. but i I, yeah. I noticed in uh in some of the comments on instagram some people were saying it's basically not fair to have uh trilogies or the sagas like the kunin friends yeah. sagas in this and i kind of agree it's putting two or three episodes into uh into one so there's a lot more material um yeah and, i agree n- uh, yeah, maybe they should have just been left off this bracket, but it'll be, it'll be interesting to see where they go.
0: Mhm. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, let's do two more things here. So let's make some predictions cause we're in that sweet 16 matchup now, uh, make love, not work craft, and Casa Bonita took care of business, um, earlier this week. And, um, See, Scott Terraman must die, and looks like Osimo took care of business. So we're kind of there, but let me give you the rest. So tomorrow we're probably going to get Butter's Bottom Bitch versus Night of the Living Homeless. What do you got?
1: Butter's Bottom Bitch.
0: Yeah, I think I think that one takes care of business. Um, Night of the Living Homeless, though, has had a nice run. That's a really good episode. Sneaky good, I think. Yeah,
1: um, it is. it is sneaky good. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> how they how they move all the homeless to California, especially with the with the bus <laughs> playing uh playing california love or a parody of it
0: uh it's it's hard rewatching that one with the homeless problem that we have in California now, and just like hmm <laughs> maybe yeah. something, on something here
1: <laughs> yeah, it hits a little too hard um <laughs>
0: Uh, that, yeah, there's some good lines in there. It's just like, I can jump home three, almost maybe homeless people, maybe four, but 12 Kyle, you're out of your mind. <laughs>
1: when they, uh, when they run into the, uh, the guys that are holed up in like, in basically oh, ruins of a city and they're like, well, you're Eric Cartman. We heard you jumped 30 homeless on a skateboard. <laughs> <laughs> and Kyle, Kyle's like, it was one homeless and he barely did that.
0: <laughs> Stan, I love Stan. And he's sneaky good. He's like Kyle. The number doesn't matter. <laughs> Kyle's like, ah. <laughs> he's like, well,
1: why are you? Why do you care so much about uh, yeah. <laughs> how many homeless Cart- Cartman can jump?
0: Oh man, <laughs> that's good. Um, so across the board, so probably I think we're gonna get that one matchup tomorrow on Friday. We're recording this on a Thursday night. Uh, Monday. We're going to get probably medicinal fried chicken versus woodland critters. I mean, this is a juggernaut. It's going to go easy. Yeah, easy. Next one here. This one, you know, I wouldn't be surprised, but uh, fish sticks versus good time with weapons. I think this one is going to kind of really show the who are the voters, maybe like demographically, because if the fish sticks actually pulls this one out. I'm guessing it's a younger group of people, mostly voting. If it wins, I would guess. Uh, but I would think good time with weapons pulls this one out. Just, I mean, we've talked about song. It's one of the most epic songs in the series.
1: Yeah. Let's let's fighting. Love is probably the best, uh, South park song. In my opinion, if they yeah. had a bracket of South park songs, that would be a finalist or at least top four. Yeah,
0: It has that going for it for sure. Um, I dig the, the background too. Like they were trying to do like an anime style and they were like seeing what was happening at the time with a huge anime boom. Uh, just it continuing being popular. Um, yeah, but the fish sticks one, yeah, it's good in its own right too, because I dig all the Carlos Mencia stuff where they have uh Kanye, uh, chop his head off and, um yeah it's just the whole thing he's on like jimmy kimmel show or whatever and he's like stealing jokes and yeah, at the time everyone was, was stealing Mencia.
1: yeah this wasn't long after uh after mencia got outed for stealing jokes and mm-hmm. i mean his career's dead uh, yeah but he is immortalized in the fish sticks episode
0: oh yeah he gets to live on forever in that uh, <laughs> I love the uh, bound to spoof as well. I think actually that's not that episode. I think that's the Hobbit, but every Kanye appearance has been pretty good in the series. Yeah. Uh, last one in the bracket. Uh, this one, this one could be tricky too. black Friday trilogy versus Tally. So uh, this one, even more so than the last one, I think it's really going to show like who the voters are. Uh, black Friday is a, much more recent trilogy i mean tally is an old old school classic like like yeah. 90s, early 2000 i mean this is like i think it's 2000 that came out let me look it up but tally is a classic south park episode
1: yeah my uh, my vote's gonna be for tally uh, yeah. tally's one of my favorite south park characters even though he is uh, he was voted the worst character, or declared <laughs> the worst South Park character? Um, and I do agree that it's gonna show uh, show maybe the age group of who's voting in this. Uh, one thing I have noticed while uh, while watching Comedy Central since the only thing they air now is episodes of The Office and South Park. Mm-hmm. black friday trilogy gets aired a lot it's syndicated a lot mm-hmm. more than tally i i probably can't even remember remember the last time i've seen tally air on comedy central
0: yeah i mean i i'm voting for tally but if i were to pick who i think actually gets it it's probably going to be black friday so yeah tally came out uh a month before 9 11 um in 2001 and black friday came out uh mid-november 2013 so there's a 12-year difference between the two so obviously big difference there but that's a good point you bring up there i mean them just rerunning that episode over and over again is you know more likely than not probably going to help it out it's a good point
1: out of uh out of all the trilogies in the bracket black friday is probably my favorite
0: um Mm. Definitely
1: over imagination land. Koon and Friends saga was that a trilogy or I know there were multiple Koon and Friends episodes, but I don't know if they had them in a row. They might have just been lumping everything together into one. Uh,
0: they they did have a couple episodes in a row. Um, there's there's the Cthulhu arc. So you have the Koon two Captain Hindsight episode. Mysterion rises. Koon versus Koon and Friends. You have yeah, Mintberry Crunch, uh, ended up being the hero, but uh, yeah, they they had a Coon episode that was in another season prior. Uh, what they that introduced-
1: was the one with uh, with him and Mysterion. And what was that? Uh, Captain Hindsight, was it?
0: it was yeah, that yeah, one? He, he so the first Coon one is when Cartman introduces himself as the coon and he deals with Mysterion and he asks Professor Chaos for help. And then a season later, that's when they do the coon and friends saga. So you have the Captain Hindsight episode, Mysterion oh, rises, God. and then the, the final one. But uh, that never <laughs> reminds me of that first coon episode where uh, every time Cartman shows up and the public are, are watching them fight, they're like, look, it's Bruce Valange. Be careful, Bruce <laughs> Valance. There's some evil <laughs> fighters over there. <laughs> and there's a Halloween episode with uh, where Randy burns down the blockbuster he buys, and uh, Cartman's the Hulk, and everyone's like, "Look, it's the green Bruce <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, One last thing here, I want to wrap up on, man. Um, so tell me your favorite episodes that did not make the bracket that were left off.
1: So um, let's see. First off I got, uh, it's a Jersey thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, That was a, that was a great one. And just, playing off the whole Jersey Shore and uh, the fact that Kyle was conceived in Jersey but moved out ah, and yes. he still had that Jersey blood in him.
0: Yep. Uh,
1: second, with apologies to Jesse Jackson, um, that, that was one that it. people talked about for weeks. Oh, uh, balls, I believe balls. it was left off the... Uh, The bracket
0: it was yeah
1: yeah that was that was one people talked about for weeks and that was my earliest memory of basically cancel culture when uh when kramer got canceled for uh for dropping that bomb uh at a comedy show yeah and then third one I'd probably have to say whale whores.
0: <laughs> this, oh, that was such a timely episode.
1: <laughs> yeah, just all the all the Japanese killing all the dolphins and whales, and Stan tries to fight back. He turns the TV show into an actually good show. And, yeah. <laughs> and then they find out that the Japanese are only killing the dolphins and the whales because uh, – the United States told them that the dolphins and whales <laughs> bombed them with nukes. Uh,
0: <laughs> I think we can fix this. <laughs> and then they turn it into chickens instead. And, uh, it's my, I think my sneaky favorite part is when, uh, there's the montage with like, uh, the lady Gaga song and Cartman's covering it yeah. and Stan- all stuff. And, uh, you have a bunch of them rushing the water park, and then they take the veil off, and there's a giant Godzilla statue. And they all run away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. oh. Uh, I I just got one for you. Uh, my my favorite one that I didn't make it is uh, Gray Dawn. So this is the one where um, all the senior citizens are terrible drivers in the, in the in the town, and they take their driver's licenses away. Uh, and they bring in the AARP and they parachute in. Uh, yeah, and
1: they're they're always trying to go to a Country Kitchen Buffet and either going to or from Country Kitchen Buffet they end up uh, killing people.
0: Uh, uh, I, love, I love Cartman's plan. Well, all we gotta do is we gotta cut off their food supply here at Country Kitchen Buffet. Cartman, that's not gonna work. You're, you're an idiot. Yeah? Well... <laughs> In this town, they they cut off the whole supply and all the homeless people died. Yeah, yeah, I heard about that. And they try to trick Kyle into uh, Blowing himself up inside the. Uh...
1: <laughs> no, we just need to lock it from the inside.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, "Whoa, lock it from the inside? Sure, sure." Uh, uh, and then I, uh, <laughs> uh,
1: when when they had the t- uh, the town hall meeting with all the seniors, oh. they were trying to figure out, they're like. Why'd we have this uh, this town hall meeting? Must be about those damn kids skateboarding <laughs> on the sidewalks.
0: <laughs> that's my favorite one. I think that's my favorite line of that episode. It's just... <laughs> Goddamn kids skating on the sidewalks. <laughs> Get mad. I love the lady that's just like, I'm tired of having my mental condition come into question. And she doesn't remember where <laughs> she is.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh. yeah, they forget the... The point of the whole meeting, then they, when they realize it's because they're trying to take their driver's license, they're like, Oh, well, what are we going to do about it? Let's have a town hall meeting with all the seniors. Wait, I think this is that meeting. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's this meeting for?
0: <laughs> Talking about those damn kids skateboarding <laughs> on the sidewalks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, even before that i dig it when uh they have the the news reel of like all the uh the homeless or no not homeless uh, all the senior citizens driving people down <laughs> and there's like, a pit on there the guys like uh uh local south park uh senior citizen drove down four men at a construction site and this is a <laughs> picture of the four construction workers looking really happy and they flip over to the old man in the car he's got this like this like angry face gosh like, oh <laughs> <shit>. <laughs> uh, uh good stuff man um thanks for doing this i want to i want to check in when we get to the end here we'll we'll follow up and see where we're at hopefully we'll have some news in a new season too kind of thinking it's like a tease but uh thanks for doing this man i really appreciate it
1: yeah of course glad to be on
0: all right i got andrew Murray with me as always how you doing man what did you learn last week
2: i i don't know if i learned so much as i reflected on this Mm -hmm. thing um the first thing that I I thought I was going to talk about was sort of how unsure I was of different teams and what the strengths and weaknesses for a lot of squads are, but that's kind of something we always talk about. But the real thing that I really started to think about was you really need to have depth in this league. You really need to have a plan B for a lot of things for all positions for different scenarios for all kinds of things to hit the fan with. I kind of thought about that a lot because I, I observe a lot of tendencies in both the NFL and in college football. And the kind of thing that I sort of drew parallels to was, well, I think they're both, obviously they're very different in terms of in terms of skill level and how both teams uh, kinds of teams are constructed. I think one thing that I've noticed is that the teams with a lot of depth and a lot of, I guess, In college, be recruiting, and the NFL be drafting. Is those teams are just so much more well equipped to deal with problems. Um, And when you're top heavy, things can fall like a house of cards if one or two injuries happen or something goes awry. Um, And it's actually weird because I, what kind of helped me come to this conclusion was actually not a a football team, but a baseball team, uh, namely the one that I support, the San Diego Padres. Um, I think have su- have suffered issues with being too top heavy, um, this season. And so I, yeah, I don't know. It, it, to me, it's like, it's something that I realize is such a long process in building a team. And while it's great to get free agents or you get a player that really helps you pop and get better in certain aspects, the best teams just have alternatives and have answers if something happens. Um, and it's really, really hard to build that in this league. It really is. And it's, it's hard to scout it. It's hard to evaluate it. And it's hard to get and keep. Um, that's just what I was sort
0: of pontificating on this, um, this week. Nice. Yeah. That, that reminds me a lot of the Ravens. I mean, credit to them. They were able to pull off a win against the chiefs shorthanded in every possible way. I mean, that's why they're really one of the premier organizations in the league. Mm -hmm. They always draft really well. Typically. They develop players really, really well. They bring in players outside the organization really well. They trade, they sign free agents. They do it all. It's a credit to them. That's why they won this past weekend. Uh, For me, my takeaway was uh, it looks like it's the Buccaneers and everyone else. And to your point, yeah, they have some depth issues on the defense right now, but their offense is going to be able to carry them. and it feels like it's the Buccaneers and everyone else. There's a lot of nine and eight teams and eight and nine team vibes out there right now, but the Bucks has kind of had this, have this juggernaut vibe to them. And um, with only one team or one future where someone can actually do something to defeat them, the Rams may be in their own conference. Sure. Uh, the NFC West kind of lost me a little bit. I know it's only week two. We'll see we we'll check in after week four, but I mean, the Rams are the only ones really plugging along here. The 49ers just too inconsistent. Garoppolo just missed too many guys. I thought Seattle's defense is a problem. Um, Arizona mm-hmm. generally, I think they've just been lucky so far. I think they're going to get exposed eventually. I think the one team that really might be able to challenge the, the Buccaneers it's going to come out of the AFC West. So you have your Chargers, your Chiefs and the Raiders. The Chargers, if they can just get the penalties under control, uh which I think is just a coaching thing, discipline thing, I think that can be corrected. Red zone snafus which have been weird. Uh Herbert was so good last year with that. Um I but I think that they can they can fix these things over the season. The lack of preseason, the lack of practices now with the new rules. I think it'll get better as time goes, but they have the right kind of ingredients to defeat a team like the bucks. Then you have the chiefs. Uh, They just have to figure out a way they can resist the run better and not bend so much just, or don't break so much, just bend on defense. They certainly have a chance. The Raiders, if they can keep it up, they are a real dark horse. Now Now, they haven't earned any respect or equity. And I'm a Raider fan, right? Mm -hmm. They, I mean, they got to win this week and they got to win convincingly. But, I mean, if they keep going like this, they too have the right kind of ingredients to beat a team like the Buccaneers. They have a, an offense that's incredibly multiple. Uh, they can create a pass rush. And really, you know, I know everybody says there's a formula to beat Brady. Well, creating a pass rush on anybody is going to be successful, right? Whether mm-hmm. it's a Lamar Jackson or a Tom Brady. If you create pressure, that's just great in general. They can do that. Now, they're going to have to continue to keep proving it. But those three teams, and I think the Raiders especially, they have the right kind of ingredients. But um, I think them having the right ingredients, though, they can put together a kind of run that we're looking for. Um,
2: anything you want to add? Uh, well, there's a lot of things that I would like to add, but I think those are all separate points on separate teams, which I would like to get into, uh, as we go along. And, right. um, also I would like to save a little rant for the end of this pod, um, about a specific structure that I visited last Sunday, but we'll get into that. <laughs> we'll get into that.
0: Uh, when the time comes. All right, well, let's do it. Week three games lines are by, BetOnline uh, bet online a G. So we're going to start with our Chris Berman primetime. 10 a.m. Charges, the chiefs, chiefs getting six and a half Andrew over under 56 points. What you got?
2: Oh, man, you went Berman primetime and I already started singing the song in my head. I was just like, duh, 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 duh. but uh, prime time. <laughs> oh, man, um, well, it, it's a damn shame. This game is at 10 a.m. because all I heard in the offseason was people wanting to pit Herbert and Mahomes against each other. The two prolific Titans to the quarterback position that everyone wants to see face each other, which we've only gotten once because last year at the end of the season in week 17, the chiefs weren't starting anybody against yeah. the Chargers, and the chargers and the chiefs. The first time they met was the infamous I'm the team doctor. I'm going to take Tyron Taylor out of the game plan um, game. So Uh, That was kind of a a spot start for Justin Herbert. He was thrown into and it looked good, but obviously didn't have full preparation for. So um, man, I I, look, these divisions battles are always such a slog and the chiefs and the chargers are no different. The thing that gets me is that, as you mentioned, the, there was just too many penalties. There was ten different penalties on Sunday that really crippled the chargers from moving the ball, um which they were doing a good job of. Make no mistake. They were throwing the ball up and down the yard against the Dallas Cowboys secondary. They were moving at will in the passing game. There was no problem with that whatsoever. Um, two touchdowns got taken off the board because of penalties. Okay. And also there was a 30, I want to say 35 yard completion. to Mike Williams that was also wiped away by a illegal man downfield, which I, that was a bad there, call. It was that, was, that was a bad call. They made a lot that, of bad penalties, but there were, that one was yeah. By, the, that was by the, the worst one. Yeah. Not, not a fan of that one. Um, But the thing is, I mean, the Chiefs just came off that loss of the Ravens um, where they got exposed in the run game, but the thing is the chargers, the strength of the team is not running. It's passing. They, they are going to throw the ball with Justin Herbert. I mean, you think, well, duh, of course they are. They have a star quarterback, but I mean, they really, no matter what the defensive set is, they believe they can throw the ball. They're not going to adjust accordingly. I think, um, do I think they're going to score some points? I do because I think they have, the, I do think they're going to be able to fix some of their deficiencies in the red zone. Two turnovers happened to the last two weeks. Uh, that I think were one was because of a call against Washington where the ball got knocked out of Herbert's hands. And I would argue it was an incompletion, but I guess they didn't see it that way. And then last week, Keenan Allen slipping down on the route. Um, Diggs was right there to pick it off. You know, that was unfortunate for Herbert. That, that just happens. You know, that's just what happens when you throw the football sometimes. Um, but I don't know. I, I can't imagine the Chiefs dropping a second game in a row in September. Uh, that's that to me is really hard. I think this might just be unfortunate timing uh, for the Chargers um, going into Arrowhead. It's, you know what's surprising though? I almost feel like the Chiefs cover, and the reason is because I look back at their last six matchups, and only one game was decided by three points. That was the overtime game in Herbert's first start uh, against yeah. the Chiefs last year. Every other game has been at least seven points. So for some reason, some team gets the advantage at the end. Most of the time it's been the chiefs. Um, So in a weird way, I almost feel like I I see them winning by seven. Um, I, I think the chargers are still figuring themselves out on offense and I think they're going to have trouble keeping up with the chiefs. Do I think they can? Absolutely. Do I think they're going to be able to do it right now? I personally don't feel that way. I think this is a long-term project. And so I actually am going to take the chiefs to
0: cover and I will go with the over. Oh, I'm a little surprised. Uh, give me the points and the over. Um, I just think it's, I think it's too high. And I feel like, uh, I feel like chiefs haven't covered two weeks in a row. I don't think that's going to happen. So, and I think their defense is just, it's too, even though the chargers are not a running team, they're going to have a hard time with that offense. So give me the points. 10 a.m. Colts at Titans, Titans getting five points over under 48. What you got? Oh, man. I I mean, like
2: someone sent me a, a someone sent me a meme in, in a group chat about Carson Wentz and it was the bad luck Brian meme. Um, and I mean, how, I don't know how in the world you hurt two ankles, both of your ankles um, simultaneously. That just is incredible to me. This the Colts team is, is still fighting its identity. We've been kind of on this beat for a while. I mean, the Titans defense is, is not good, but I also don't trust <laughs> the Colts. They are, they, Atrocious. they like the charge, man, they, they like the, the chargers are having red zone issues themselves and can't seem to punch it in the Titans yeah. are not having that problem. Um, if, I mean, the, the fact that Derrick Henry just continues to rip people's souls out is incredible to watch. As he did last week in the fourth quarter, you set up that play action uh, with Tannehill and you get Julio Jones, who should have had a touchdown last week and got it overturned. I think that was uh, egregious, by the way. Um, Having him and A.J. Brown to go against, I I do see the Titans winning. I don't see them covering, and I only say that because the Rams were three and a half and they couldn't cover against the Colts last week. They barely missed it. Uh, I do think the Colts cover, but I don't think they win. I really don't. And, um, uh, I have to go with the under here. I just, I don't trust the Colts offense right now. And I think their defense also has some issues in the secondary and that's
0: going to be tough against this Titans team. Yeah, I'm in agreement. Um, I do think the Colts are going to be able to run the ball very effectively on the Titans. And I think that's why this game is going to be close uh, with that in mind. I think it's going to be an under and I like, I like the Colts here with the points, but Titans still win. Um, I think the Colts are going to be able to not completely shut down Henry, but keep him in somewhat of check. Right. So that they're not going to be able to explode in the passing game, mm-hmm. but I, I'm, I'm in an agreement with you and I, and I mostly put this on here because this is a divisional game and I feel like the Colts could pull this off. Like, don't be surprised if they win. Oh, even sure. if, even if it's Jacob Beeson, who I know a lot of people are all over the place. I'm more of the mind of if he actually got a full week of preparation, he'd probably be Okay. It's mm-hmm. not like Carson Wentz has played like a world beater here, uh, but even he's not ruled out. So we don't really know <laughs> what we're gonna get. So we don't know what we're gonna get, which you know puts the Titans in a precarious you know position. I know that, uh, you know they're different quarterbacks, but you know it's, you don't know what you're really gonna see yet. Um, let's go ahead and go to 1:25 p.m. Buccaneers at Rams. Bucks getting one over under 55 and a half. What you got?
2: Um, I guess this is my bold pick of the week. I am actually going with the Rams. Um, for a couple of reasons. One, I think that they're actually going to have home field advantage and and SoFi Stadium, unlike uh, my my boys. Um, <laughs> for one. Uh, for two, I just really l- love the prospect of Matthew Stafford against the secondary, as we mentioned. The Bucks secondary is a little bit banged up. Um, they are not going to attempt to run the ball against the Buccaneers. It's going to be, I think it's going to look very similar to that Dallas Cowboys game plan where they are just going to throw it all over the yard. And I think the Rams playmakers are exceptional. Love seeing Cooper cut back out there. He has had an incredible resurgence. He had three touchdowns in the last, in the first two weeks, he had three touchdowns all of the last year. With Jared Goff. So it's great to see him back out there being used in multiple sets. Uh, I do think this is going to be a shootout. I see it going over. I think the bucks are actually going to run the ball against the Rams. I think that is actually an underlying weakness that people don't want to talk about. Um, And I do think they're going to try running the ball with Leonard Fournette. Um, I would love to say Ronald Jones, but he seems to be in the doghouse right now. Um, So I guess Giovanni Bernard as well, but I do think they're going to try running the ball This is going to be really back and forth, but I actually like the Rams here. Um, I'm feeling pretty good about them taking this win. Does that necessarily think that I think they're going to beat them in January? Again, going back to my whole thing about you know teams needing to have depth, um, and the Rams being an example of that not being the case because of how top heavy they are. I'm not sure. So, but in the September matchup on the road in LA, yeah. I actually kind of feel the Rams in this one.
0: I like it. I kind of went just uh stay away and I love the over here, mm-hmm. but if you're feeling a little brave this weekend and you got a hundy, you want to put down, you you're feeling real brave. I like what you said. Uh, I would take the Rams here. They got that home field advantage. I think we saw that they are going to have a home field advantage. Uh, Buccaneers are not only just weak right now in the, in the secondary due to injuries, their line has also taking some hits as well. So, mm-hmm. I think the Rams, if they can get protection for Stafford, he's going to be able to rip them up. Um, I do agree. I think the Bucks are going to try to run. They haven't been able to do that through two weeks so far. Fournette and, and Ronald Jones have both been very ineffective. Mm-hmm. But maybe you know, maybe they can get Fournette going. I do worry about protection for for Brady. So far, mm-hmm. they've been able to do pretty well, but they're going up against a very good line, a very good defense. I think we're going to see, I think we're going to see Ramsey probably do some very interesting things too in this game, maybe some Charles, Charles Woodson type of things where he plays a little bit of linebacker. He blitzes Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. So I'm very interested to see how the Buccaneers handle that defense, but I think it's going to just come down to who gets the most protection because both of these defenses, like you said, they can be had, you know, if Brady gets protection, he's going to get them. But if he doesn't, it's going to be tough. I definitely feel like Stafford is more likely to get it, but we'll, we'll find out. That's kind of why I'm going to stay away. But if you're feeling, feeling yourself, take the Rams. I like it.
2: Yeah. And the last thing I'll add real quick is um, I think the game last year that the Rams went down and won in Tampa Bay. I think that's the game that got Staley, his job, with the charters, he was unbe. His scheme against them was incredible. Mm-hmm. Uh, he made, he made Brady look like a second stringer that game. It was incredible what he did. Um, so, but I don't, I don't think that's going to be the same case this time around. I do think the Rams are still talented, but not having that genius mastermind back there. I think Brady's going to take advantage of that a little bit more this time. I'll say that
0: probably, probably. All right. 5:20 PM Packers at 49ers, 49ers getting three and a half over under 50. What you got?
2: <sighs> I, uh, <laughs> I don't. I've, I've really not had a, a really strong feeling about this game because it could not be more split oh, on how oh, I feel oh. about both these teams. I sure do go. Ahead. I, 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 I know, I know I I probably can guess what you are going to say, but um, you know, I, I don't feel as threatened about the Packers going out to San Francisco this time around. I don't think they're going to get taken out behind a woodshed like they did uh, two years ago. And you know, even though the 49ers are healthy this time around, compared to the matchup they had last season. I, I don't know. I, I just, I think this Packers team has enough confidence offensively that they're going to get enough done. They're not going to score a lot because this 49ers defense is pretty legit. I, I will say their defensive line is pretty exceptional. I, and I think they're going to get after Aaron a little bit, but um uh, this 49er offense, man, I, I don't know. Like they, they're going through different running backs. They're going through different injuries. I don't know. Jimmy's is playing his best uh, Johnny Checkdown role playing right uh, right now. Like I don't I don't exactly know or Captain Checkdown I should say. Excuse me. Um, I I don't really see them having a lot of explosiveness on offense, which is a concern to me. Even though I don't think that Packers defense has been too good the first two weeks, um, I actually felt more threatened by Goff and the Lions playing against the Packers, uh, which is saying a lot. So. Yeah. I, you know what? I'll actually take the Packers to cover here and win. And, um, I'm feeling that under, I really don't think this game's getting the 50.
0: Yeah. So I'm right there with you. Uh, I got the Packers winning and covering, uh, give me the over though. Give me the over, but hmm. the 49ers are smoking mirrors to me. Um, like you're, you're mentioning, there's not much firepower. I mean, the only firepower they can get is if uh, they check down the Debo Samuel and he has space and he can do what he does. It, that guy's an incredible player, but that's about all the explosion they have because they're not pushing the ball down the field very much. Mm-hmm. They're really hurt on running back. I mean, they're really living off the defense and that's a great defense. Like you said, but against Rogers for a ton of plays, uh, it's just, I don't think so. And um I, I, you know, I saw a poll that a lot of people think that Trey Lance is ready. He ain't ready. Mm, we're we're no. going to see a lot of Garoppolo. I don't care if they lose or win this game. He, he's going to stay out there. There's no way Trey Lance is ready. So, but that, that offense is a lot of smoke and mirrors right now. It's just all coaching the injuries and just Garoppolo's just lack of being able to push it down the field. Um, Just, you know, gives you no confidence. All right last uh, Berman special here, Monday night, 5, 15 PM. Eagles at Cowboys. Cowboys getting four points over under 52. What you got,
2: God, that minus four makes me nervous. Um, look, it was <laughs> exceptionally ill-advised what Mike McCarthy did with the Cowboys last week. Trotting Greg's Zerline line out there to sk- kick a 56 yarder gave, I mean, it was giving me hemorrhoids. It wasn't even my own kicker. I turned to a cowboy fan. I'm like, can you even look at this? He's like, I almost want to look away. Like it, it's, it's just like I, that, that was such coaching malpractice. They got away I, with it, but <laughs> man, like that kind of decision-making just makes me think that the Cowboys are not going to cover. Um, I do think they're going to win because they just have, they have too much on offense. Um, and look, Micah Parsons looked great coming off the edge last week. Uh, I know it was against storm Norton and I don't trust him at right tackle right now, which is another whole another thing that I could get get into for an hour. But um, I don't see the Eagles really doing a whole lot on offense. I'm still trying to figure it out. They did not look good at home against the 49ers and their decision making down in the red zone to go for it and try to pull off the ghosts of the Philly special um, did not work out. So (laughs) God, yeah, man, I'm. I, I don't know. I I just I think Dak is way too much in this game. Um yeah. Running, running, and and passing. I think they'll be fine. Having Zach Martin is a huge deal. Having him back is great, especially that is the one thing. The Eagles' defensive line is going to be really good this year, and it has been already. I I but I I I like Dallas in this matchup, so I'll take the Eagles to cover somehow. But uh, God, please give me that under.
0: Yeah, I'm with you. Give me the under. Um, I think Eagles just cover because a, it's a divisional game. These, these teams always play each other really tight, even if the other team's not that great. Um, and then just like you said, I feel like last week, the Eagles just showed their young team. They have a young coach. They have a young quarterback, just a young team. And, and uh, I trust Dak, you know, in this situation a lot more than anyone else, uh, to get it done. So, you know, I think it's going to come down to probably like a last fourth quarter drive, setting up a field goal, another, another Legatron kick. That's kind of how I see it. Um, so give me give me the Eagles to cover, but yeah, I think the Cowboys get, get this W. All right, Bridge to Nowhere, Andrew. 10 a.m., Dolphins at Raiders. Raiders getting three and a half over under 45 and a half. I'll take these. So for me, keep it coming. Raiders cover. Give me the under. This is a prove-it game for them. They need to come out here and smash the Dolphins and make them look as bad as they really are right now. They don't really have an offense and, you know, that two-way injury, even though I don't think he was playing that great, you know, obviously it really throws them into a spiral here. So the Raiders need to take care of business, show complete control from beginning to end and walk out of here with a, you know, uh, with a win here. So that's where I'm at. Uh, um, You know, I, I've been hearing all week, they have no equity and I agree, but Earn your equity. That's what I got.
2: I'm going to be honest. I really wanted to come out here and be a massive contrarian and take the dolphins um, just, just to start a fire. But here's the thing. Um, I think the dolphins are going to look. I think that last week was an aberration. I do not expect that performance from them again. I do. I do think the bills just have their number for whatever reason. Um, but the dolphins, I think are going to play a lot harder in this game. Their defense, I think is going to keep them in it. The thing that concerns me is their tackle situation. And look, I'll, I'm, I'm going to have to admit it. Um, Max Crosby looks way better than he did last year. He he's different. Um, he's trying to go for a pro ball pro bowl season. I did not see that coming this season. I didn't really not believe in it. Uh, but he's looked a lot better this, uh, season so far. He just looks like he has a fire under his belly. Um, so far the cover three seems to be working. Again, I remain skeptical because it's, again, defensive coordinator I'm familiar with, defensive players I'm familiar with. Casey Hayward is playing extremely well, which is um, great for him. He did not play like that last year. Um, Also, he was hurt. But um, I, yeah, I don't know. I I see the Dolphins covering, but I do see the Raiders being in control, just not smashing them over the head, because I think Brian Flores' team is too proud for that. Um, I feel like going over um, for some reason, but I just don't, even though I don't trust the dolphins offense very much, I feel like they're going to make weird things happen to stay in this game, but I do see the Raiders winning relatively comfortably at home and using, using that crowd to their advantage.
0: Yeah. I I just want to, I want to see domination. We're playing in Vegas. I just, I want to see them just rock the dolphins, but, uh, we'll see. Ten a.m. Washington at Bills. Bills getting eight and a half over, over under forty-five and a half. I just think Washington covers here. It's just too high of a line. Mm-hmm. Um give me the under though. Um, and I'll just kind of leave you with this question. Are we sure Buffalo's good?
2: Um, considering I picked them to be in the Super Bowl this year, I hope they are. Um <laughs> they I would think they are. Look, I think they've had some issues, obviously. Um and some of their offensive cohesion, they're moving the again. They're doing the same thing. The charges are, they're moving the ball just fine. Like that's not a problem. I think it's been, it's been red zone issues and it's been a couple special team miscues that have gotten in their way. Um, But I do still trust in Josh Allen and the receivers. Um, again, we'll see what happens with things like such as the run defense. I don't think last week was a good test for them. Personally, I think the dolphins are just out of sorts. And again, for some reason, they just kick their ass uh, r- routinely. Um, yeah. I look, the AFC East, I think, is just not a good matchup for everyone else who's playing the Bills. I I, I really believe that. I, I think they're in the right division for them and I think they'll take advantage of that. I think they'll win the division. The question becomes what happens to them when they get into the divisional round and you know, if they get the bye or if they get in the the wild card round. Um that that remains to be seen. I think they're a team that could benefit from having the right matchups and taking advantage of them do I think there's someone that can outright dominate somebody? Uh, I, I have yet to really answer that question. I'm going to lean no for now, but I do think they win this game against Washington. Um, I think Washington doesn't really have all of their pieces together. Heineke's cool. Uh, he's, he he's an interesting piece, but I think there's just not going to be enough to go around in, in Buffalo. Um, I do agree with you that Washington covers uh, in this game, but uh, you know, give me the over. I actually think there's going to be a fair amount of points in this one.
0: Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I think last week is a little bit of smoke and mirrors at thirty-five to zero. Two O went out early. Defense was able to get some turnovers and give the give the Bills a short field. They were able to cash in. Kudos to them. But I kind of need to see a dominant Josh Allen performance just to kind of feel like feel good about them. Yeah. Fair. Moving on 10 AM bears at Brown's Brown's getting seven points over under 46 and a half. This one is tricky, man. So I think the Browns cover, they haven't covered Oh, well, they covered against the chiefs, but they didn't cover last week. Although it was a high line over under is way too unpredictable. So I'd stay away from that. But if I had to pick, give me the under on this one. This is going to be a weird game very weird game it's at it's at home, but Brown you know the bears were able to kind of pull it off last week i yeah this has this has trap written on it a little bit for me, <laughs> so I would stay away. I wouldn't bet on this one um but uh yeah,
2: no, I feel the exact same way like that score in my head is either like thirty one thirteen or thirty one seventeen um for that mm-hmm. over under it's it's evil. I do think the Browns cover because look, I, I like Justin Fields just fine now. Um, But Mm -hmm. the thing, but do I, the question then boils down to, do I trust Nagy as a play caller? No. And the answer is no. And so, and they also just don't push the damn ball downfield. Like I cannot believe how this year they had Andy
0: Dalton. They had Andy Dalton.
2: Well, even then, like for the time that fields was in, I didn't feel like they were doing it. I, I, I am so like
0: yeah, perpetually uh, frustrated. Huh? But that was in relief. He, he, there was no game plan for that, you know? So sure. I, I, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to count that, but we'll see this Sunday, you know, are they going to push it or not? You know?
2: Yeah. yeah. Well if they throw a 40 yard bomb to Allen Robinson. Awesome. Great. About time. Right. But I just don't, I I don't know. I don't think the bears are going to have anything figured out. The Browns are way too well coached uh, to let, anything happen in this game that would put it into question. So I'm, I'm going with the Browns and rolling with them to cover that over under I'm staying away from too.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'll take the Browns, but I don't feel good about it. All right, Andrew. Well, we really have a poopoo platter deluxe this weekend. There's a lot Ooh. on this platter. So let's start with Thursday tonight while we're recording this 5:20 p.m. This game starts in a little bit less than an hour as we're recording this Panthers at Texans man, this feels exactly like Thursday night, Panthers, Texans, Amazon prime, (laughs) Uh, no Tyrod Taylor in this one. Unfortunately, Uh, he would have made the game a little bit entertaining. I think he was actually playing very well. He was, but uh, Panthers getting seven and a half over under 43. Uh, This is the ultimate poop factor game. Andrew Panthers cover. Give me the under Davis mills, the starting quarterback for the Texans. That's all I got to say.
2: I think also Panthers cover, unless there's some nasty backdoor action, they're better not be God forbid. Um, look, she's like, it really shouldn't, but um, look, this Panthers defense is legit. And I'm really, I'm really glad to see it coming to fruition. I thought it would be maybe another year before they would really start to come together. But look, guys like Jeremy chin and Jack Thompson are balling out and this has been exceptional to watch. And now that they have a, a, a complimentary offense to go along with it. Um, this Panthers seems going to be tough. Like I I'm, I'm really excited to see what they got going forward. So yeah, please, uh, give me that cover and give me
0: the under as well. 10 AM Ravens at lions. Ravens getting seven and a half over under 49 and a half. This could be a really weird game, man. Uh, I -hmm. like the over the lions have, have, they've been, they've been a little frisky at times. I think the lions actually pull off the cover just barely. And before we started to record, I read that Lamar might've injured himself a little bit when he did a celebratory jump for the touchdown in the, the last game here. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I smell some chicanery, dude. Um, give me the lines to cover. Just barely <laughs> give me the over.
2: The theme this year so far has been, which half does the lions decide to show up in? And for the 49ers, it was the second. And for the <laughs> Packers, it was the first. Um, if you think it's going to be the second, then yes, take that cover. Um,
0: this what a weird, yeah, just a weird team. He's not playing bad. That's the thing. He's not playing that bad. Goff. I think he's playing, yeah, I think he's playing pretty well, considering hey, his As long situation. As, it doesn't, as long as it doesn't rain. As yeah, as well, rain. you know, any, you know, like you said, uh, I think you, you texted me. Oh, Goff's, uh, Goff's kryptonite weather. <laughs> I think I put Goff's
2: kryptonite obstacles. Yep, straight up. <laughs> Look, I watched this. I I watched this man go down the drain in a monsoon in Oregon Uh, twice. So let me, let me tell you, I have seen, I've seen Sir tiny hands not get
0: out of a rainstorm before (laughs) God, tiny hands, uh, 10 AM saints at Patriots, Pat's getting two and a half over under 41 and a half. This spread just feels a little bit too low, man. Give me the, the Patriots at home to cover and give me the over. It's just, it seems just too low i just give me the pats.
2: yeah that's weird um considering and not just because what the saints went through last week and also uh, we should have honestly we should have uh, realized this was gonna happen of course we re- we recorded earlier and a lot of things transpired after we recorded the saints having six he- coaches on the COVID list and um, a yeah. list of injuries that didn't help and they've also just been on the road man like the whole hurricane ida thing really screwed with them this is a really tough ask to go into new england and try to expect an exceptional performance. I think the saints team will be better once they finally get home, but yeah, two and a half, that's, that's honestly kind of ridiculous. I, I, I do see the Pats covering that easily.
0: I want to apologize to the five listeners we do have. Why <laughs> why did we pick Jameis? Why did we do this to ourselves? I'm, I'm sorry guys. Very sorry. Before I have more regrets, 10 AM Falcons at giants giants getting three points over under 48 this might be the poopiest of the poop facta dessert concourse I've ever experienced. The, these teams just wow. They're just a a tripod of poop. Both teams are miserable, but give me the Falcons and the Under. Both will probably be wrong, but uh, hey, you might as well when you're dining at a two-star Chinese buffet.
2: This definitely reeks of week 14 fantasy championship playoffs. Um and it's only week <laughs> 3. It's only week 3, which is saying a lot. Um, God, I, the poopiest what, thing that can happen in this game. If it's a tie, if they're both just two and you, oh, you two know what? One. <laughs> you know what? Now you say that I'm going, I'm going with that. I'm going, I'm going to say it's a tie. <laughs> I'm, 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 putting, I'm putting my money down. It's a tie.
0: Oh God. These teams are just awful. It, it's like, they're the, you know, watchables. They're not, it's not a watchable game. You could pay me to watch this game.
2: Man. Falcon's uh, uh, offense was supposed to be fun, man. What happened? <sighs>
0: Uh, maybe Arthur Smith is not a good coach. That's what I'm thinking.
2: Might, I, think I mean, he an exceptional I, coordinator, but yeah,
0: maybe, I mean, it might be a classic case of he's a, an exceptional coordinator. He is not head coach material, but it's only two weeks. Let's find out 10 AM bangles at Steelers. Steelers getting three and a half over under 43 and a half. I hate both these teams. I guess the Steelers cover at home against a team they've dominated my whole life, mm-hmm. but I hate both teams and give me the over two.
2: Um, I'm going to go under because I still hate the Steelers offense, but I do think they win because the Bengals just are, I mean, this is the Bengals kryptonite is literally the entire Steelers, uh, the entire Steelers team. I, I got, I got face planted last year when I tried taking the Bengals at Pittsburgh last year, that did not end well. Um, And I'm not going to be fooled again. So
0: yeah, Pittsburgh, man. 10 AM Cardinals at Jags cards hitting seven and a half. Over under fifty. The Cards continued to do their best smoke and mirror show, Andrew, beating up on bad teams. They were lucky to barely beat the Vikings, but I think the streak continues against a bad Jags team. Cards cover, give me the under.
2: Yeah, this is the case where I think the Cardinals, to their um to their credit and also to their luck, they're gonna be able to pile wins early on in the season. Um, which is good for them because they're gonna need yeah. all of it before they get into the divisional rounds. Um, I do think yeah, Ky- they will. Look, they got Kyler Murray going for them, and that's all they need right now. But um, yeah, I'm I they haven't been thrown into a situation where oh last week was sort of the case, but their game management's gonna go wayside at some point, and we all know what's gonna happen uh at that at that juncture. So yeah, I'm still taking the cards. The Jaguars need to be uh extradited to
0: London immediately. <laughs> <laughs> they needed a London trip. Mm-hmm. They need to go to London. 1:05 5. PM jets at Broncos Broncos getting 10 and a half over under 41. Look, everyone's getting fooled by the Broncos right now. They've beaten two winless teams, possibly dead last in their own divisions. Uh, by the end of this week, they'll have beaten three winless teams who will finish bottom in their divisions. Uh, but I hate doing this. Give the Broncos the cover. And for the second week in a row and give me the over two. But I I really hate seeing all this stuff about how the Broncos are great right now. And the Raiders have no equity, which the Raiders have no equity. The Broncos don't have any fucking equity either. And I don't know why everyone's loving them. Like I mentioned, they'll have beaten three winless teams that are all going to be zero three by the end of the weekend.
2: If you literally I, it's funny because I see them in the Cardinals in the same same respect where I'm like, boy, they need to just keep piling wins. Uh, before they get into their divisional uh, bouts, but if you literally put Kyler Murray on the Broncos, I would be breaking out in cold sweats and be like, Jesus, I have to deal with this too, because I think their defense is legit. Like I love their oh, defense. yeah. Um, unfortunately, Brady T- Chubb got hurt again, which really sucks for them. Yeah, um, sure. last week, but yeah, their defense is legit. They have playmakers um all over the field, but I just. Whether it's lock or teddy two gloves, i I just can't see them going very far um uh, beyond that. So eventually it's gonna catch up to them, but yeah, they're gonna cover this week easily. and um man, poor Zach Wilson. he just how did he get all these ridiculous defensive matchups this early on? Like he's going against like like three of the top five defenses in the league this year, probably
0: yeah, it's a it's a it's a tough beat for him. He just needs to survive, keep his head up, and just know that he this is he just needs to get through this year and just learn. Yeah. Um, just hope that next year he gets a little bit more help, but you know, I'm not trying to hate on the Broncos, another division rival, but like, I like their team, really good defense. I think Teddy two gloves is playing real good, but let's be fair. Now they haven't played anybody. Okay. Mm-hmm. Let's see him play a team with a winning record or with playoff aspirations. Okay. And let's see if he can push the field, push the ball down the field then. But until I see that, I really don't want to hear from anybody about it. Um, all right, let's wrap it up. One PM Seahawks at Vikings Seahawks getting two points over under 55 points. Uh, just give me the Seahawks and cover and give me the over. They lost a stupid game last week. They're going to be mad at themselves. They're going to come out here and spank the Vikings who I think literally had their soul. Like <laughs> they had their soul. Their soul was just taken with that missed field goal kick. I, I think that's a kind of game that's going to spiral this team uh, Give me the Seahawks.
2: It was a uh, I'll, I'll give them the shout out. I was listening to the uh, around the NFL podcast and they had an introduction for for the Vikings and they said from the team that brought you Gary Anderson, Blair Walsh, Dan Bailey, the Minnesota Vikings present their new concoction, Gary Joseph. And it was just like their new, their kicker, the kicker missing that 37 yarder is just like another, another pantheon on the hall of fame moments of, of bad kicking in Vikings history. It's incredible and wow. incredible what they've gone through. But they in have the a last, Mount Rushmore of just kickers who fucked oh, up. It's unbelievable. And not, not just like missing kicks. I mean, like short, easy, manageable kicks. It right. is un- unbelievable. Uh, the kicks moments they
0: automatic
2: yeah, it's inc- it's it's like I don't know. I I heard criticism of like, well, you know, Zimmer could have handled the clock better last week and gotten closer. I'm like 37 yards. Like, you don't need to get closer. That's no, good. I I, That's
0: good I enough. think I think Zimmer did a great job actually. And, and give Vikings credit, they were able to get back in there. The kicker has to make that. Yeah. You know? I, and like look, uh, you could also argue like you lost cuz you let it down come down on one kick, one player. Yeah, I get that, but you you got to make those. Um, you, you needed that win. So yeah. Um uh, what was your pick there?
2: Uh, yes. Give me the Seahawks. I, they're going to be upset about last week. Vikings are doomed for zero and
0: three. All right. And as we wrap it up here, uh, you got one more little thing you want to send us off with man.
2: Yeah. Um, so as I mentioned, uh, last week on the pod, I was going to SoFi stadium for yeah. the inevitable, um, <laughs> the inevitable feeling of, of knowing that there will never be home field advantage for that, for that team. Uh, Look, whatever accounts you read online of it being like 60, 40, 55, 45, it felt like 80, 20, it was a swarm of Dallas faithful in that stadium, which I expected because Dallas fans are just everywhere. But also man, like it just, it it was a, it, it was just a travesty from so many standpoints. Not just that though. I'm not just talking about that. My biggest issue here is the infrastructure surrounding that stadium. Um I have absolutely no idea how they are gonna pull off a in that stadium next February. I really don't because what you have is no amenities, lack of access points for traffic, uh that including also Ubers Lyfts or whatever you know rideshare services you have. LAX being two and a half miles away and me having to park in an LAX garage and getting a ride over, not being able to get a ride back because you know, there's not enough personnel left over. So I had to walk back to my car for an hour and a half in order to get there. Um, It's just the fact there's like nothing around there besides the LA forum, this, this uh, concert hall next to them. It just blows my mind how, they literally dropped a glass dome in the middle of Inglewood of and just said, Yep, we're cool. Like, that's it. We're good. This neighborhood's fine. No problem. Like I, I, I'm just trying to think about all of the, the NFL media and the the people coming in from all all places and all these different things going in there. It's like, is there gonna be any parking left? Like where are they gonna put everything? What are they gonna do? Like how are people gonna get in there? I I, I just it it's incredible how much a billionaire can get away with his vision and the city basically being tone deaf to any sort of idea or acknowledgements of its presence, you know, Yeah. even on game day, it's incre- It's just incredible to me. I, I, I was, I was mind boggled by how hard it was to actually get to that place and get out. And it, and then that not, you know, coupled with the fact that, you know, again, the chargers don't belong there. The Spanos family should be ashamed, and <laughs> I I just I don't know I've I've said my piece on it so many times this is this is just a whole another layer. <laughs> well, I'm sorry man, that sucks. Yeah. I hope they get that shit figured out and. I'd, I'd I'd let's put it this way I'd rather go to the Roomba,
0: I really and, would. Ah, now we're going to the Death Star someday. <laughs> but uh, thanks man for uh, for always stopping by and uh, we'll talk again next week. Yes yeah, sir, always good. All right, thanks, Ben.